We're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 to 10. But before we do that, in the year uh, 1918, the Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech rolled onto the Pittsburgh Panthers football field, riding on the wheels of a 33-game winning streak and an undefeated season in which none of their opponents had ever scored a point against them. Down in the locker rooms at Pittsburgh, the two teams were separated only by a very thin wall. And as the Panthers were waiting for their coach to begin his pregame talk, Georgia Tech's coach Heisman began a powerful pep talk on the other side of the wall. Well, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's coach and team waited and started to listen, and they were spellbound as they heard the opposing coach crank up a flowery and fiery charge to his team on the other side. Coach Heisman told stories of the heroes of ancient Greece, of soldiers who were found dead in their armor in the ruins of Pompeii because they left all they had to give on the field of battle. And when Coach Heisman had finished preaching, <laughs> the coach on the other side of the wall smiled, looked at his team, and said, Okay, boys, there's the speech. Now let's get out there and take them down. That day, the Pittsburgh Panthers, fired up by a borrowed pep talk, shut out the undefeated Georgia Tech team, 32 to nothing. It was the Ramblin' Wreck's only loss that year. <laughs> Sometimes... We're better served by a borrowed sermon than by a brand new one. And that happened to me this week. Um, I always try to preach to myself when I'm preaching to you, but sometimes pastors need someone besides us to preach to us. And that's very much true of me. And so I, I've come to this Easter service and this Easter sermon probably like many of you have come. Weary, worried, and worn out. Worn out by a pandemic, politics, by disease and disagreement, by my own pride and powerlessness that God has exposed in me this past year. Doubts, death of people I love. And as I was thinking about preaching this sermon, I, I have a strong desire. It really is my heart's desire as your pastor to help you find hope after such a difficult year. But not hope in politicians and their policies, not hope in vaccines, not hope in a stimulus check, not hope in a new job or a new relationship, uh, not hope in uh, some sort of new normalcy, or getting back to normalcy, whatever that is. When it comes to finding ultimate hope, all of those things are empty. Only the empty tomb of Jesus can fill our hearts with the hope we need this morning. Only the hope that the empty tomb of Jesus preaches will help us get out of bed tomorrow. 
And I needed someone to preach that hope to me before I could preach it to you today. And I found someone to do that. The Reverend Charles Haddon Spurgeon preached a sermon on Easter Sunday 152 years ago on Matthew 28, 1 through 10. And when I read it, <laughs> Jesus preached hope to my heart. And so, I want to borrow his sermon for us a little bit this morning. I'm not going to, no, I'm not plagiarizing, no, I'm not going to read every word of his sermon, but I want to borrow some of his words, I want to borrow some of his thoughts and themes that he preached on Easter Sunday in 1869, because they helped me, I think, I hope, <laughs> I think they'll help us too. So, as we pray that the Spirit will pour hope out of the empty tomb into our hearts, would you stand with me and hear the reading of God's holy and true word? Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. As he said, come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Father, would you come and preach hope to our hearts from an empty tomb? Would you come and help us by your spirit to see Jesus, um, to rest in his resurrection? We ask in his matchless and mighty name. Amen. See, I'm not the only preacher here today. Every one of you is a preacher. All of us are always preaching to our hearts. All of us are always preaching to our hearts. My oldest daughter, Abby, recently wrote a poem that I asked if I could share with you. And she calls it, The Gospel I Preach to Myself. Listen to this. The gospel I preach to myself. Your pain is not important. 
Everything you feel is fake, null, void. Your life, your health, your words don't matter. Keep on, cling to your attempts at happiness in spite of your exhaustion. Food might help. Why not sleep for a week? Real life isn't worth the fight. Numb the ache. Fall prey to voices that claim the plot of your sad life is unavoidable. Listen to girls with flatter stomachs. Blot your, wound, your wounds with dreams about the future. Fables that won't come true because you're not worthy of existence with meaning, words infused and able to speak real truth or people who really love you for who you are and who you will become. I read that and I said to Abby, I said, that's raw, but but it's real. And she said, yeah, I was having a bad day. But I think think Abby's tapped into what we all preach to ourselves from time to time. The false gospel that says, from the way things look, you don't matter. And God can't be trusted. And perhaps Abby was tapping into what those women may have been preaching to their hearts that morning as they made their way to the tomb. Because they came full of tears and full of fear. All of their dreams for a new life and a new world were buried behind a rock. The one around whom they wrapped all their hopes, was now himself wrapped like a mummy in the clutches of death. Yeah, probably at that moment, trusting Jesus seemed about as helpful as pouring perfume on a rotting corpse. That huge, heavy stone that had been rolled across the door of the tomb was solid proof that any hope they had was as dead as Jesus. And you know, the truth is that your hope and my hope for a new life is as dead as Jesus. But the angel has good news for those women and for you and me this morning. Jesus isn't dead. Look, the angel did not roll away the stone to let Jesus out. He rolled away the stone to let the women in, to let us in. Their hope for good news was alive after all. They just couldn't see it. And so the angel invited them to look beyond the stone and see the empty tomb. Come and see, he said. He's not here. He is risen, just as he said. And I don't know about you, but that's what I need this morning. I need the Spirit to roll away the stone so I can see past those things that seem to prove uh, that there's no good news, that there's no hope. I need the, the angel to invite me in 
so that the empty tomb can fill me with hope. This is what Spurgeon said to his people. He said, let this stone which was rolled away preach good news to you. And then he gave six ways that the stone that was rolled away preaches good news to us. Don't worry, I'm only going to give you three. The first one was this. This is good news. The door to death's house is rolled away. Spurgeon said, death's house was firmly secured by a huge stone, but the massive door was taken away from the grave, not merely opened, but unhinged, flung aside, rolled away. So now and forever, death's ancient prison house is without a door. For those who are in Christ Jesus, the house of death is merely a hotel. It's a temporary place to stay for a little while. And friends, if you belong to Jesus, death is a place you may go in, but you won't be shut in. Death is a place your loved ones who know Jesus may have gone into, but they will not be shut in. The Apostle Paul said it this way, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there's an order to this resurrection, Paul says. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes out, when he comes back. Here's the good news that the stone preaches to you. Here's the hope that you'll find in that empty tomb. Jesus Christ has kicked open the door of death, hell, and the grave from the inside out so that though you may pass through it, friends, it will never close behind you. Thanks be to God. The second way the stone will preach good news to us is if we will let the stone that was rolled away become a memorial stone. Remember in the Old Testament, the people would set up memorial stones as monuments to help them remember God's rescue. Well, Spurgeon urges us to do the same. He says, set up that stone before your faith's eye and say, here my master conquered hell and death, and in his name and by his strength, I shall be crowned too when the last enemy, death, is destroyed. Set that rolled stone up as a memorial stone. Hebrews tells us that Jesus took on flesh and blood and shared in our humanity so that through death he could destroy the one that holds the power of death, that is, the devil. Because of Jesus, death is dead and rolled away like a stone. And so now with Paul, we can stand by the memorial stone and shout, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The empty tomb reminds us that we can have hope for our world, even when all looks hopeless. First John says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And this is what Spurgeon said about that. He said, the stone rolled away from the door of the tomb gives me glorious hope. Evil is still mighty, but evil will come down. 
Spiritual wickedness reigns in high places. The multitudes still clamor after evil. evil. The nations still sit in thick darkness. Millions worship false gods. The dark places and habitations of the earth are full of cruelty still. But Christ has given such a shiver to the whole fabric of evil that you can depend on it. The kingdom of darkness will be certain to fall. That's good news. But what about the evil in us? What about the evil in you and in me? Yeah, there are troubles in my world, but the troubles that trouble me most are in my heart. What about those? Well, the empty tomb reminds us that we can have hope for ourselves right now. In Colossians 2, Paul said, you who were dead in your trespasses, God made alive together with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross, Paul said. And when he did, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. Spurgeon says, let the rolled away stone remind you of that good news. He says, yes, we have to fight with sin, but Christ has overcome it. Yes, we are tempted by Satan. Christ has defeated him. Have courage, Christian. You are encountering a vanquished enemy. Remember that the Lord's victory is a guarantee for your victory. Let not sorrow dim your eye. Let no fears trouble your spirit. You must conquer, for Christ has conquered. That's what that stone preaches to us. There's a third way the stone will preach the good news of hope to our hearts. Spurgeon says that when the angel sat down on the rolled away stone, he showed us that we can rest in Christ's resurrection. There is rest in his resurrection. Spurgeon said Christ rose the angel descended, the stone was rolled away, and then the angel sat down on the stone. He sat there silently, I love this, he sat there silently and gracefully breathing defiance to the Jewish leaders and their seal, to the Romans and their spears, to death, to grave, to the grave, to hell. All you enemies of the risen one, roll back that stone again if you dare. The master's work is done and it's done forever. If this stone preaches the words Jesus cried from the cross, it is finished. Finished so as to never be undone. That resting angel softly whispers to us, come here, come, rest, sit, rest. There is no fuller, better, sure, safer rest for the soul than in the fact that the Savior in whom we trust has risen from the dead. And Spurgeon pleads with his listeners, as I plead with you this morning, if you're still with me, my dear hearers, are you resting your everlasting hopes upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? Do you trust in him, believing that he both died and rose again for you, 
Do you place your entire dependence upon the forgiveness offered to you by his blood, forgiveness that is guaranteed by the fact that he rose again? If so, then you have a sure resting place against which the gates of hell shall never prevail. But, he said, if you are building upon anything that you have done or anything you think that your good works can do for you, this is sobering, sobering news, then you are building on the sands which will be swept away by the all-devouring flood and you and your hopes too shall go down into the fathomless abyss wrapped in the darkness of despair. There is no hope in me. There is no hope in me or what I can do or how good I am or religious I am. There's no hope in me. Friends, I plead with you this morning. Roll all of your hopes Roll all of your life onto all that the rolled away stone promises you. It promises you that Jesus Christ lived the life that you and I could not and worse, would not live. That he was crucified on the cross that should have been yours and mine. But that he rose from the dead, proving once and for all that he paid our debt in full that he lives to give us new life in him, a new life that starts right now. If you believe the good news that the rolled away stone has preached to you this morning, then you'll be able to do what the angel told those tearful, fearful women to do. Matthew says the angel's appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled. The word is actually quaked. It's where we get the word seismology, earthquakes. There was an earthquake and they quaked. <laughs> I love that. And they became dead men. But the angel said to the women, don't you be afraid. Don't you be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He's not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. As he rested on that rolled away stone, the angel gave them three commands, and we only had time to talk about one of them, the first one. He said, don't you be afraid. Well, these guards over here, they, they need to be afraid. But, but don't you be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus, the crucified one, the risen one. To those who are seeking Jesus and trusted he was crucified and risen for their sake. The angel says, did the earth quake? Don't you be afraid. God can preserve you, though the earth be burned with fire. Is there terror in the people of the earth? Don't you be afraid. There are no terrors in heaven for the child of God who comes to the cross and trusts her soul to him who bled there. 
Is it the darkness that alarms you? Don't you be afraid. God sees and loves you in the dark, and there is nothing in the dark or in the light beyond his control. Are you afraid to come to a tomb? Does death dismay you? Don't you be afraid. Since Christ has risen, though you die, yet shall you live. Oh, the comfort of the gospel. You who seek after Jesus, there is nothing in heaven, nothing on earth, nothing in hell that really has permission and power to shake you with fear. Now, you may be shaken sometimes, but there's really nothing in heaven, on earth, in hell, or in you that really has the permission and the power to shake you with fear because he is risen. Don't you be afraid. You need not fear the past. It's forgiven you. You need not fear the present. It's provided for. You need not fear the future. It's secured by the living power of Jesus who said, because I live, you also will live. Friends, this is the good news. Your hope for today and for tomorrow are as dead as Jesus. But Jesus isn't dead. <laughs> He's alive. Don't you be afraid. Oh, Father, would you help us? Help us. Because we are. We're afraid. We need you to roll the stone away and let us into that tomb and see that though our hopes are as dead as Jesus, Jesus isn't dead. And so our hope in him is not in vain. Only your spirit can do that. Would you use your word from Matthew, those words from Spurgeon in this table to remind us that we have a sure hope in the risen Jesus. Thanks be to God. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.